Welcome to the Hidden Acres podcast, coming to you from Hidden Acres Christian Center in Dayton, Iowa. Today, we're pleased to bring you two of the chapel messages from our 2022 Women's Retreat, which was on September 16 to 18, 2022. The chapel speaker was Molly Sanborn, aka the Cheeseball Chick. Molly's a dynamic speaker and now a writer from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Find her and her new book online at cheeseballchick.com and on all the social media as at cheeseballchick. This message is from chapel session number four, which was on Sunday morning, September 18th. 2022. Enjoy. Amen. Yes, let's clap for Mandy. High five. Woo. All right. Oh, guys, this is it. I know. Are you ready to go home? Don't say yes. I'm kind of going to ask if I could maybe stay in my cabin for... My car didn't start yesterday, actually. Yes, you can pray about that, but I I might ask you to pray that it doesn't start, because I was thinking, if it doesn't start, then I can stay in the amazing cabin I've been in, in the squishy bed, and maybe just get home in a few days. So we'll see what God wants to do. So, yeah, okay, I would love to stay in touch with you. In fact, since this is my third year, I've already been in touch with a lot of you over the last few years um, via my uh, social media and website. So if you want to find me online, just do at Cheeseball Chick. Someone yesterday tried to find me on Facebook via Molly Sanborn. I used to have a Molly Sanborn page. You'll still see it, but it's inactive. So don't go there. Use Cheeseball Chick, whether that be for Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. Um, And if you just want to go home and show your family the crazy videos of me on Wipeout, just Google Cheeseball Molly on Wipeout and you'll find more than than you need. Um, And so it it was a year and a half ago after the really hard tragedy trauma happened in my family's life. It had been about um, five months since that happened when God really, really laid into me about doing a daily video post on social media. He had been kind of like putting that in my head for quite a while and I had not been listening. I was kind of like, la 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 la, God doesn't want me on TikTok. No, that couldn't be the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and so finally, in January of 2021, I obeyed and said yes. And I have posted a daily video out of obedience to the Lord, not because I want to, um, but now I am getting to reap the benefits of people who I don't even know who are sending me messages. Um, There was a boy that asked me via private message, how do I become a Christian? And then there's people who are asking me about uh, different situations, and I just try to point them back to the Lord and to his word. And so that is a ministry that I never really wanted, but it's been amazing. And so just for some behind the scenes of how that works, because I'm a homeschool mom and a speaker and have other things like you ladies going on in life, right? When on earth do you find time to post a, uh, you know, 30 second to one minute video? I do not usually do it like daily, like here's, I do the video and then post it. Thursdays, my kids go to a homeschool co-op. I think I mentioned that. That's my day to rock and roll. And so I will go in my living room, set up my little phone camera stand, have my list of all the ideas God's given me throughout the week that I kept on my phone of this video and that video and this scripture and this story. And I get about 20 shirts from my closet and I lay them all out and I get a hat and I get a scrunchie and I throw everything out of the way and I make my videos all in one setting. But I change my shirt, try to remember not to do it when the camera's rolling in front of the camera. And then I will just edit them as I have time throughout the week. So if you want to know the behind the scenes of how I do the daily videos, God has somehow made a way when I thought there was no way. 
And uh, it was what someone yesterday, who was it that said, oh, Jeanette, right? Jeanette, where are you, Jeanette? Jeanette, I saw her late last night and she said, why didn't you share the power video during your power talk that you posted a week ago? And I said, I had it in my notes, but I wanted you guys to have more time for discussion, so I decided to skip it. And she said, oh, but they have to see that video. And so I decided I would play it for you this morning. It's a minute and 30 seconds, and it ties into the message of power last night. It's a kind of a cool mini God story, so check it out. A great God story for you, it just happened. So I have been, sitting for the last four hours at this restaurant on my computer, working on my four messages for Hidden Acres Women's Retreat next weekend. And this morning I prayed, God, please download the message to, to me quickly. Don't let it be a struggle. Let me know that it's from you. And when I opened my computer, it was at 17%. So I went to look for a power source, no outlets in the whole restaurant. So I said, okay, I'm gonna write as long as I can. When it's done, it's done and I'm going home. So I wrote, 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 God was downloading stuff. I got the first message done, the second message done. By the time I was on the third message, which is titled, Remember God's Power, not ironic when you hear what happens, my battery's at 7% and my computer has a reputation of dying very quickly when it's not plugged in. And I just kept watching it. It did not go down for two hours. For two hours, my computer stayed at 7%. I literally finished the last line of the message and was going on to do the discussion questions. And I got a message that said, plug into a power source. And the next thing you know is the screen went black and it was done. But I got the message written and what a great reminder to me as I was writing this message, the importance of tapping into God as our ultimate power source. So yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> I literally, guys, I was sitting in Zufa's and oh, if you haven't experienced Zupas, come to Minneapolis. It's like Panera way better. And, and I, I kept clicking on the thing to show me the percentage of my battery because I was in disbelief. I was like, kind of like, what is happening? And so I texted my husband a picture and I said, honey, I know you thought I'd be home earlier, but I'm pretty sure God wants me to stay. And he's like, do it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, thanks God. I mean, the little things. And then I know for sure that was a God thing because last night I was up very late trying to finish the PowerPoint for this morning. And I think God wanted me to go to bed because my computer went from 16% to done. <laughs> and then I had to wake up this morning and finish it a little bit incoherent. So if there's mistakes in the PowerPoint, blame it on God. He didn't let me stay up late last night to finish it. And I operate much better at night. So, um, all right, ladies, um, there is something that I just thought would be special to honor someone this morning. You guys heard me read the post-it note last night from Heidi about her grandma Gloria who for the last two years here had given me massages last year on the massage carpet ball table. Um, so I just wanted to show you a picture of sweet Gloria giving me a massage outside. I do remember bugs were crawling on me so I did walk away with a couple bites but she helped me a lot. And then how sweet is this when you see the side by side that was Heidi last night right here giving me a massage and um, it was it felt good I feel a lot better I think that you're following your grandma's footsteps and then on the left was a picture of us last year and now um, I think Heidi's my understudy she's 
actually the one wearing the cheese balls. You're doing pretty good, and now you're clutching a container. Wow, I better watch out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are so thankful to know that Gloria knew Jesus, and she's with him now, and um, we can celebrate that. I've been amazed at reading the post-it notes that you've written because uh, so much of them represent pain, and yet you found ways to praise God. So I want to share a couple more with you. Waking up after being on life support for 12 days and have amazing visions where the time, I think it says, time broke my heart, but now I know it was a blessing. The 17 years that God allowed me to be a mom. Oh, I think it says, I love you, Bubby. I-L-Y. There's a story there. When he helped me learn all of the volleyball plays I needed to know in two days. That's pretty good. I used to play volleyball and coach volleyball. That's thank you, God. In 2018, I lost my baby boy, Caden, due to a failed adoption on December 30th. In 2021, my nephew was blessed with a little boy to adopt. His name is Caden. On December 30th, adoption final. September 14th, 2022. I just... I just love that these, these painful situations are turned into praise to God. When I lost some of my friends, he gave me the bestest best friend in the world. Thank you, God, for giving me the words to share the gospel with my husband on our first date. Ooh, we call that missionary dating, and I'm <laughs> glad it worked out for you. Now, this one is very interesting. Hugs on the toilet. I think there's a story you need to come find me and tell me after. When I was 12, God answered my prayers for a puppy, and I got my Winnie a toy poodle. Uh, my Winnie, a toy poodle. She was the best friend God knew I needed. God kept me safe when the brakes went out on something dog in the winter. Hold on, wait for it. With the roads covered, okay, let's just say God kept this person safe on the winter with the roads covered in ice and snow and there's maybe a dog involved, so thank you, Lord. Rebecca took me to Mayo Clinic and was with me through surgery when my husband could not be with me. In a season of loneliness, praying for connection and meeting new friends. Oh, I love this. Thanks for writing these, you guys. You provided a job within an hour of me supplying, apl applying for it and a scholarship for my husband's grad school. Thank you, Lord. When God allowed my out-of-wedlock daughter to come into my life. Yes, thank you, Lord. Getting through breast cancer and all the support. My mom's cancer going into remission was a great answer to prayer. Um, when God miraculously healed my mom of alcoholism. Amen. Praise God that he gave me time with my mom six months before she died. I love you guys are good at finding the silver lining. Way to go. Getting the boys back. It's got to be a story there. Thank you, God, for making my husband and I run into each other three days in a row when we met. God is the ultimate matchmaker, okay? I'm just saying, so for any of you single ladies out there, he knows, he knows if and when, and he will make it happen. He will make it happen. I'm glad he did for you. My husband, cancer-free, August 21st. He gave me my cat. Hmm. 
Saying yes to going on a church plant and moving in with a girl who is now one of my best friends. Mm, love it. I prayed for my husband to turn back to Jesus and dot, dot, dot. He did. And then in parentheses, this is the part I want us all to pay attention to. After 17 years of prayer. Come on. If you are in a season right now of praying and waiting and really just wanting to give up, let this post-it note be a testimony to you. Don't give up. Keep on praying. Keep on waiting. Keep on hoping. God is listening to your prayers. This person, God healed my mom's knee and brought her out of surgery just yesterday. I think that was Friday. I praise him for his healing power and blessings. He gave me the chance to mentor young girls at my Christian dance studio. This person calls this a God wink. I think I call it a God story. Some people call it a God wink. When I was driving in my driveway after coming home from helping plan my dad's funeral, one of my best friends, Grace, stopped by and gave me a hug, a moment I will never forget. Hugs are powerful, aren't they? And if we're listening and looking, which is actually what we're going to talk about this morning, uh, I, I believe God is going to have you hug a lot of people, and it might be something that ends up on someone's post-it note. 1976, my cross-country train trip with my dad. That sounds really fun. I prayed for five years that God would let me be reunited with my half-sister. After five years, in March of 2022, I was able to see her. It had been 25 years. Way to not stop praying. Moved in my own place in June of this year. God broke, oh, this one. I need to know the story. God broke my collarbone to save my marriage. I'd like to hear that. I'm glad. The special needs buddy at school who told me he loves me. Aww. Remembering, it, this says 2019, remembering the day I accepted Jesus in my life, I called my, my uh, now mother-in-law and she led me through my first prayer. Oh. A ride to work on a chilly fall morning. Thank you, Lord. God gave my husband, the, oh, we, I read that one yesterday. God restored a fallen and broken marriage. My wayward teenager now here chasing Jesus, now an adult. Yes. Wow. That I'm not alone in my fear and my struggle. Amen, sister, you are not alone. Oh, I love this. My purse zipper started working again. Yes. <laughs> These are so good. The little things, it's the little things. And I gotta be honest, I believe that when we find joy in these little things, and then we, we celebrate it and we thank God for it, God is motivated to then do bigger things in our life. I believe that we are to be good stewards of his gifts, big and small. So keep thanking God for broken zippers working. Our son returning home. There's a story there. Billfold found and untouched at Mount Vernon, $200 cash still in it. This person said something small, daughter taking a long nap so I could prepare for this retreat. Oh, that's, no, that's huge. <laughs> that is huge. And then something big, answered prayers for sister's salvation. Yes. 
I love it. And then Courtney, there's a picture of me and you wherever you are. So, wow, I, I feel like we could go home. I don't know, I feel really full. That is amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you ladies for um, taking on my assignment and doing those post-it notes. And now the question is, how will you continue that when you get home? So let's just kind of re go through the weekend. I'm gonna give you a quiz. Our theme is, I will remember or remember, and we talked Friday night. Uh, we said, remember the past, and then yesterday morning we talked about remember God's promises, that's right, and then last night we said, remember his power. Some of you are cheating. You look at your sheet. No, it's fine. You're good. And then this morning, I want to talk about remember your purpose. Remember your purpose. That maybe feels kind of loaded. Maybe you're like, how can I remember if I don't know in the first place? <laughs> well, we'll talk about it, okay? Remember your purpose. So last night I shared from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and just because it's great, let's read it again. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, just one that you receive. Remember, you choose, receive, or reject. Not by work so that no one can boast. So that's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. This was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, which I have been to. When I was 19 years old, I had the opportunity to work with Youth With a Mission, YWAM, and spend a month in Turkey sharing Jesus with people. And I got to go to Ephesus, where this, well, the church was where Paul wrote to, and read this whole book while sitting among some of the old ruins. It was incredible. But let's not stop at verse 9, because verse 10 is pretty key to what we're talking about this morning. For we are God's workmanship. Other versions say masterpiece or handiwork. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What? What is your purpose? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's kind of reassuring, isn't it? God already knows what your mission is. You may not totally understand yet, or maybe you do and you've kind of been neglecting it, but God has prepared it in advance for you to do. Our purpose, if you want to write it down and underline it and circle it, is to do good works. But why? Why are we created to do good works? Let's check out, why my microphone likes to fall off of me. Okay. We're going to check out Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is actually um, speaking on a mountainside. This is the Sermon on the Mount, very, very famous. And we're going to look at verses um, 14 through 16. I'll have it on the screen as well. You, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others 
Okay, this is getting to the part of, of why are we doing good works? That they may see your good deeds and, if you check the screen, and glorify you. Did I have a typo? Oh, girls, way to be awake. Good job. I'm trying to be tricky on a Sunday morning when you're all short on sleep. That is not the verse. I don't like, people are like, oh, this is bad. Molly's lightning's going to come from the sky. She will never come back to Hidden Acres again. I just wanted to see if you would catch it. Thank you. Okay. But, 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 let's pause there before we see what the verse actually says. How often do we get caught in the trap of doing good things so that we can get a pat on the back? or so that we can be glorified or exalted or lifted up or get the words of affirmation, which that's my love language, so feel free to bring it on. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be great. But how often do we, are we motivated to do good works or to be kind or to give gifts because we want to look good? But that's not what Scripture says. It says, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why we do good deeds. That's why we show love and why we show kindness and why we go out of our way and we do acts of service and why we sacrifice our time not to make ourselves look good, but to make God look good so that people will want to know him. If God is motivating us to do these things, then they say, wow, I think I want to know who this God is. And so, ladies, what good works has God, God called you to? Let's think about that for a second while I take a drink of water. This is awkward. Just, like, don't look at me. <clears throat> okay, we're good. No, really, what good works has God called you to? And, and I'm, I'm not asking what you wish he called you to, because <laughs> I bet we all have that, right? We all probably have a dream of, oh, at some time in our life, we probably said, oh, I wish that, and then fill in the blank, right? And that's okay. And, and maybe sometimes we have those desires and wishes, and God actually does fulfill them, because Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I used to think that verse meant it's like a vending machine. You put in your payment, what you want, and then you get exactly what you think. I believe, in my experience living with the Lord, is that as we delight in him and we spend time with him and we get to know his word and his character and we fellowship with other Christians, that he puts desires in us that are his desires and purpose for us that he will fulfill. And so, don't get caught in the trap of comparison, ladies. Ooh, that's it. Someone give me an amen. Come on now. That's, that's tough. Comparison is dangerous. I don't, I don't want us to get caught up in, in wishing that he had called you to what the lady next to you is called to or her purpose or her, her ministry or her neighborhood or her job or her family or dare not her husband, please. Um, <laughs> You are called to a specific, you, and generally, you all, we all have the same shared call, that we are to glorify God through good works and draw people to Jesus. But as individuals, you all have been wired and gifted with individual talents and callings. And when I look at this room, it's very exciting to think what would happen 
eternally and spiritually if we all were operating within that calling. Now, I just want to say that probably most of you are not called to write a book. And you can say amen to that, because <laughs> it's a lot of work, but I think there might be one lady at least who I got to meet with, divine appointment in the hot tub last night. I wanted to go to bed, but I felt I should go to the hot tub, and I'm pretty sure it was so that I could encourage this young woman who God has called to write a book. I think that's pretty cool. Thank you, God. But we're not all called to write a book. We're not all, not all called to do daily posts on TikTok. In fact, some of us are called to get off TikTok, I'm just gonna say, okay? <laughs> And listen to the Lord. I know you're nudging your teenager right now. Just, oh, I forgot to mention this. Teenagers, girls, if your mom has boundaries for you about not being on social media or TikTok, don't follow my TikToks. Maybe you can ask her to and she'll share the good stuff with you. But um, all of the videos that I post are on all of those, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. You don't need to get on TikTok to see what I post. In fact, it'd be better for your life if you just never were on it in the first place. So I just had to say that. PSA, you're welcome, moms. I know you wanted me to say that. You can hand me the money after. <laughs> uh, most of you probably aren't called to wear snacks on your back, although Heidi, maybe you looked pretty good wearing my cheese balls. Um, you're not all called to homeschool your kids, okay? And if you have been living, and I know some of you are like, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> some of you homeschool moms are like, I wish I wasn't called to homeschool my kids. I know I feel that way sometimes. But how, how easily, I know how easy it is to compare my calling or my gifts or my talents or when sometimes I feel a lack thereof to the women around me, and that just gets so dangerous. And that is how I think Satan trips us up the most in our callings, is, is to um, make us believe that they're just not as good as the next person. We are the body of Christ, and we need every single one of you to function to the fullest effect of how God created you to. And so back to homeschool, if God has called you to send your kids to public school, praise the Lord and equip them and send them out as lights in this world and be proud and be thrilled and excited that God has given you that as a mission. If God's called you to send your kids to a Christian school, do it and do it to the fullest, uh, the fullest that you can. And if you're called to homeschool, great. If you're called to unschool, <laughs> That's a thing. I kind of unschool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, do you, ladies, but don't do you without talking to God first, okay? Because he knows what he's called you to. God has called some of you into the workplace. God has called some of you to stay at home. But that is your mission field, if that is the case. God has called some of you to get up and move across town or to another city or to another state and that can be scary but if God has called you he will equip you and he has a reason for you to be there I don't think that I'm called to run marathons thank you Jesus <laughs> I, I'm not called to have an organized house or cook dinner for my family either <laughs> all right I'm just kidding I think I am and I've been disobedient Blue box macaroni and cheese and hot dogs works good for me, I'm telling you. Uh, sometimes I think we make, you know, finding out our calling or our purpose a little bit too complicated. I know I have. 
So much so that maybe I spend so much time wondering what am I supposed to be doing when I think God is like, let's just get going where you are right now. This is your mission field. We think maybe we need to go out and look for ministry opportunities. We have to wait until things are just right to feel like we can say yes to the Lord. There's someone out there, and I'm talking to you right now. Mm -hmm. Talked with you yesterday. You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Had a good, okay. (laughs) Natalie, Natalie, yes. So since you responded, let's just talk about that right now. Natalie. Oh, I love you, and I see, do you guys, Natalie was a woman who last year I had come up and share her amazing journal that she, if you remember, um, God has given her the gift of creativity, and it is no doubt at all, and so you were obedient to the Lord and went home and did a couple classes, right, and taught women how to create these gorgeous, beautiful journals, and, um, and then you've just been honest with me and said, I think I'm, I think I'm afraid. I, I think I know what God's called me to, but I'm not listening. And so, hey, now everybody knows. We talked, we talked about accountability. This is great. Natalie, this was not planned. This is a God thing. Okay. <laughs> you didn't need to respond. I was going to leave it. I was going to leave it so no one knew. So now we're all your accountability partners. Natalie has been called to help women get to know Jesus and his word more through her amazing journals. God has given you that calling. Yes, yes, and you're going to do it. That's right. Now look, girl, we're getting people coming to you. What's your, what is it, Natalie? It's book, Nat the Bookmaker on Facebook. Write it down, girls, come on. And then you just, how about every, you know, every week one of you email her and say, how's it going? How's it going? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you doing what he's called you to? But also, let me just go off for a second, out of outside my notes again. If it just doesn't, if this doesn't fall, um, blame it on God, or just that I'm not listening correctly. Uh, Natalie and I also talked about condemnation versus conviction, and uh, oh, that could be a whole message right there, because what I'm talking about right now probably hits all of us in some way because. Uh, there's maybe things that God has called you to that you haven't yet started doing. And so then you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants you to feel condemned. And he wants you to feel full of shame and guilt. Those three words do not come from the Lord. Condemnation, shame, and guilt do not come from the Lord. Uh, guilt over your sin, that's different, okay? But let's just, let's at least take down condemnation and shame never ever from the Lord. Romans 8.1 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as you listen to any of the messages I've shared this weekend, or you meet with ladies after and you discuss and you talk about your purpose and your calling, if you're feeling any of that shame or that condemnation, just simply recognize it as a lie from the enemy, and you can say something as simple as, um, I will not partner with those lies in the name of Jesus. Be gone. And use the name of Jesus and say it as many times as you need to to remind yourself that God is not a God of condemnation, but he is a God of conviction and lovingly will put things on our heart, kind of sort of bug us about it until we obey. And God's been doing that to Natalie, and she's going to obey, and I'm so excited about that. So as I was saying, let's get back to 
the notes. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we need to go out and look for ministry opportunities, and that's not bad. But I think more often than not, the best place to do the good work is right in front of you. It's right in front of you. I like to call this sphere of influence. Who are the people in your life What are the relationships that are just naturally there? Who do you see on a regular basis? That is your sphere of influence. And guess what? I will probably never be in your sphere of influence. Maybe something could cross here and there, but I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna live in your neighborhood. That would be fun. But you're in your neighborhood. I'm not gonna work at your job, but you're working at your job. I'm not going to raise your kids, pretty sure. I mean, crazy things can happen, but you're raising your kids. I, not, I don't go to your church and do the ministry that you do, but you are at your church, and it is not a mistake. So I got to get honest with you and admit uh, another one of my shortcomings, and that is that I have a hard time being interruptible. I think that might be a word I made up. But I, 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 I wake up in the morning and I generally have a plan for the day and, and it doesn't ever involve cooking, like I said, which is part of the problem. I need to work that into the system. Uh, and so when, when people come into my life, for example, neighbors or people that might be around, I, I have a hard time like adjusting and, and in that moment being fully present, good, at least two people are nodding, so I'm not the only one that feels this way. Um, and, and ladies, I got to tell you that God has just made it very, very clear to me and my husband that our ministry is first to um, each other and our kids, and, and honestly, next, our neighborhood, because that's where he put us, and crazy things are happening. So I'm not going to share the whole story because I shared it last year, but during COVID, God called us to do neighborhood church, and oh, it was amazing. And actually, um, chapter 10 in the book is called S'more on the Door, where we went and put little s'more packets on everyone's door, invited them to a campfire at 834, little rhyme, and then they came, and then the toilet paper shortage happened, and then we felt like God called us to give our toilet paper that we were hoarding away to our neighbors, and so we created a poem, and then we invited our neighbors to neighborhood church, and they came, and like, God is doing crazy things in our neighborhood, okay? Well, I was pretty comfortable with the crazy things he was doing, um, because it was like all like older neighbors and people that are really pretty respectful and we kind of like say this is when we're going to get together so come over and then you know you stop by and you talk in their driveway and talk in their driveway but it's usually when it's convenient well somehow every kid in new hope minnesota has found our front yard and they seem to find our front yard at the most inconvenient times (laughs) and then of course we built this giant tree fort in the backyard which they stare at drooling over the fence (laughs) i'm like do i need to get parents to sign waivers because Someone's going to die. So um, this summer, God has brought kids from the apartments. We live across the street from a park, and we have a couple kids on the block we've had established relationship with for a long time, and it's been great. One of those little girls got saved in our basement during online vacation Bible school during COVID, and uh, other really special things that are happening. And now 
other kids from the park are coming over to our house across the street, and these kids are a little rough around the edges, and these kids are not the best influence on my kids, and these kids like to swear a lot, and these kids have been exposed to things that my kids have not been exposed to, and these kids try to bring their devices over, and I have really strict boundaries about that, and it's like, I, I try to multitask, I'm trying to do stuff, but then these kids come over, and I'm like, ah, I gotta be outside, and I gotta be there, and, and so I'm just being honest with you that I think it's taken me a little bit this summer to recognize my ministry at my home, and, um, we had the opportunity as a family to go on a special last-minute vacation uh, towards the end of August, and it was wonderful because I had been writing this book, and my husband had just finished his job, and God provided, and it was the most amazing vacation. I didn't ever look at my phone or email, nothing, and um, we're pulling down our street, so our vacation is about to end, and I said to my husband, I said, I hope there's no kids in our driveway. <laughs> I said, I just need to ease back into it. I just want to go do laundry, and I just... You guys, we pull down the road, and there are five or six kids. Literally, they see our minivan, and they are jumping up and down, and they're waving, and they're screaming, and they're so excited that we're back. And I was so disappointed they were there. We pulled into the driveway and I literally looked at my husband. I am so not nice sometimes. And I said, vacation's over. <laughs> and we got out and this sweet, sweet boy, Ken, who I, I taught how to hit a baseball this summer. He's never hit a baseball in his life. I pitched to him in the tennis courts with my son. That's pretty special. I got to pitch him his, ho his first home run over the fence ball, and we let him sign the tennis ball, Ken's first home run ball. He comes from across his, the park from the apartments. We get out of the car, and he says, oh, we missed you so much. <laughs> I know, it is so sweet. And I was like, hey, Ken. <laughs> I said something nice and honest, and I don't know. It was just, oh my word, but you guys, my, I was very aware that my heart was not exactly aligned with the Lord in this moment, and, and I just had this wonderful vacation that I felt was such a gift from God, and it really, truly was, and then I get home, and I feel like I was just, bam, right back into life, and also just being grumpy, and I didn't, and so then you know you get mad at yourself. That's where the, con that's exactly right then in that moment where Satan saw an opening, because how easily we can go from maybe just being disobedient or having a grumpy attitude, which can really be solved very quickly with acknowledging it to the Lord and saying, God, change my heart. Like, truly, it can change that quickly. But if we don't recognize it and we don't ask the Lord for help and we don't lean into the promises that we talked about yesterday morning and do our part, then Satan likes to take that in and then he starts bringing the accusations and the condemnation and the shame and, and, and starts saying things to you like, you're such a terrible neighbor. And gosh, you're a speaker and you go tell women and kids and teens and marriages about Jesus. Like how, how you know what I mean? It can just come in. And so, praise God, I'd been through this a time or two before with grumpy attitudes and not wanting to obey the Lord. And so I was quicker, quicker to recognize it and uh, Ken has a thing about wanting ice water, so <laughs> I went in our house, and I was just kind of like grumbling under my breath that I went towards the freezer, and I just let out a prayer of, oh, God, I'm sorry, change my heart. Like, that was it. 
It was even half-hearted, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure God will take anything. And I got Ken ice water, and then I don't know how they ended up in our backyard, but they did. And so Ken is there, and then Sean, who is so sweet, um, he's a 12-year-old boy who believes I'm serious. I thought it was a joke at first. He believes he's the assistant principal at the middle school. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm navigating that one, ladies. Like, pray for me, because I, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, some of the kids call him Principal Sean, and I'm like, <laughs> I, try to, I try to ask him about his day. I do, like, I want to get to know him, like, spe you know, speak into his life, but I, I just can't get myself to call him Principal Sean. <laughs> So anyways, and then Serenity and TJ were there, two siblings um, from across the road, the apartments, and um, I think there was one or two other kids. I brought Shauna's ice water, and like seriously, the trip from the freezer to the outside patio in the back, God did something in my heart. He did, because I asked him, and I could not do it on my own, and I, I sat down, which is really hard for me to do, by the way. It's hard for me to stop. Like, you guys have probably seen that. Like, it, it's hard. I, I want to do the laundry, and I want to do the cooking, and I got to do this, and I got to reply to this email, because I finally just opened up my email, and bam, it's long. So I sat down, which I think was really important, and I cannot even tell you how it led to a spiritual conversation. I can't. I don't know how it happened. I don't even remember. I don't know if someone asked a question. I don't know. The next thing you know, I'm talking with these kids about um, Jesus, and I'm straight up sharing the gospel with an attentive audience of these kids quoting Romans 10.9 and telling them how to be saved, and then we start talking about baptism, and my two kids had just got baptized several weeks earlier, and I had their videos, so I brought my laptop out, and I'm showing them my kids' baptism videos and my kids' testimonies, and then my kids are coming around, and they're all talking about it, and, I, I'm, and my husband comes out. He opens a sliding glass door, and it's like I can see out of the corner of his eye. Of his, he's got two of them. He's got two eyes. And he's a pirate. And it's like he's coming out, and then, he's, and then he stops, and he's like. And then he backs up and goes in the house. Then he comes out, and then he takes a picture. <laughs> I don't have it in my PowerPoint, but um, I think he knew that this would be a day to remember right? Um, that, my goodness, I, you guys, I was grumpy and I didn't want to see them, and then God ended up giving me an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Isn't God so nice and patient and forgiving? And then that, that Sunday, we, we were having to find a new church because of my husband's new job and needing to be in this uh, different church conference, and my husband was out of town that Sunday, and I decided to go to a church that we'd visited once because I wanted to hear the senior pastor preaching uh, because we hadn't heard him yet. Well, it was a visitor, so I was like, ah, oh, bummer. But I felt like I was supposed to go to the church, and it was a missionary who actually was a missionary through Youth with a Mission, YWAM, so I felt this bond and connection with him. And his whole sermon was all about that we are blessed to be a blessing, and, and how are you blessing those around you? And he straight up said, I wrote this down because it was convicting, how self-sacrificial is my love for others? I gotta be honest, I, um, it's, you know, it's easy to love people and serve people when it's convenient, right? And then I said, how willing am I to be inconvenienced 
and am I interruptible? So those things have been kind of circling in my head and my heart. And then he said, ask yourself, how attentive am I to those around me? Or are we just so caught up in what we're doing and what we want to accomplish? Now, I'm, I'm just letting you know, ladies, that if you answer God's call to minister to those that you believe he's put in your life, it might be messy, it might be inconvenient, and it might require some sacrifice. Uh, but there are going to be great rewards. And when I talk about rewards, I mean like people's souls in heaven that maybe otherwise wouldn't because you took the time to utter a half-hearted prayer to the Lord, say, change my heart. I'm, I'm, praying, I'm praying daily now that God would help me love these kids more because I admit that I don't think that I'm quite where I should be. But I'm not going to walk in condemnation. I'm going to allow the Lord to convict me. And so I imagine God might be speaking to you about that too. So the phrase that the pastor used is, um, blessed to be a blessing. See that on the top there, blessed to be a blessing? You all are blessed. You all have been blessed, but it's not to keep to ourselves. We are blessed to be a blessing. Psalm 67.1 is a famous kind of uh, prayer that I hear a lot of pastors pray at the end of a service. Maybe your pastor prays this prayer. Uh, one of the pastors at our former church would always end his sermon, and he'd put his arm in the air, and he'd say, may, be, may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine upon you. Which, that feels nice, right? That's good. But it, it always kind of bugged me because there was another verse that he didn't read. And, and check out what it is. Verse 2 says, so that your ways, God's ways, may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. Don't you think that kind of completes the thought right there? Is that we're not, we're not just blessed, we're blessed to be a blessing. And, and so, yes, may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his sh face shine upon you, but don't just leave it there, don't hoard it. It's so that God's ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. So then we decided to go back to this church the third week in a row, and guess what the name of the new sermon studies they're doing? You see that? Bless. It's bless. And like, oh, Lord Jesus, you're speaking to me. I don't know if this is the church we're going to be going to forever, but I'm pretty sure I was supposed to be there for those two weeks. They're doing a whole small group series on bless, and then they're using this acronym, which I'm stealing from them, which is fine. Bless stands for be in prayer, listen with compassion, eat together. Like, shoot, does that mean I need to start cooking for more people than my family? Because that's really hard. I like the idea of ordering pizza, though that will get expensive. Serve in love, share your story. That's what BLESS stands for. And now when we talk about being prayer, I was reading in this small group thing last week, and something jumped out at me that, ooh, it was pretty convicting. This says, we should be talking to God about our neighbors before we are talking to our neighbors about God. Oh, let me read that again. We should be talking to God about our neighbors, or insert anyone, okay? Insert my unsaved family member, or my coworker, or 
the person at the grocery store, whatever. We should be talking to God about our neighbors before we are talking to our neighbors about God. So that's the very first B, is be in prayer. And so when my kids and I just started the homeschool week, uh, just a couple, a couple weeks ago, this was all stirring in my head and my heart. And so we do pray in the morning. We go through the pray acronym, praise, repent, ask, yield. But honestly, during the A part, the ask part, it has, it has generally been like what we need and what we want. And that's just easier for, and especially the kids as they're learning. Um, more and more I've been trying to get, ask the kids to pray for other people's needs. Well, this year, we're pretty, we've pretty much turned that whole ask section into praying for each one of these kids by name. And so for a week and a half, we've been praying for TJ and Serenity and Sean and Ken and Tilly and Greta and Lydia and Clara, and I'm forgetting a couple of them. And, and as we are, my heart is changing towards these kids. And I'm actually, then we didn't see Ken for a week, and I missed him. And so when he came back, I could genuinely say, Ken, I missed you. And God is changing my heart. And then God also has given my family a mission just Fresh off the press, ladies, um, my kids designed an invitation while I was gone with the help of my husband, and we feel like God has just now asked us to invite the neighborhood kids over on Wednesdays from 5 to 6.15. We're going to call it M&M, and it's going to be a meal and a message. Now, I didn't put this together. My husband and my kids did. They sent it to me last night, and why? To learn about God and eat M&Ms and have lots of fun. And then the little M&M guy says, hold on, what does it say? I gotta get closer. Why does that say eat M&Ms? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is, it's gonna start this Wednesday. Never, I mean, and, and you know, like, if it's raining, we're gonna invite them in the house and I'm gonna to have to be okay with just things getting messy and maybe out of control at times. And, but if God has called me to it, he will equip me. If God has, not if, let's get rid of the if. What God has called you to, he will equip you. What God has called you to, he will equip you. He will equip you. We just need to take the next step. So we're taking baby steps towards M&M and every week, we're going to have some kind of different M&M. And um, my hope is that maybe fast forward in 20 years, these kids will see an M&M and they'll remember the meal and the message at the Sanborns house. And we just, it's, it, it kind of, it, it, it's not what I thought of, it's what God thought of, and so I just got to say yes. So, ladies, my prayer for you is this. My closing prayer to you is may God be gracious to you and bless you and cause his face to shine upon you so that his ways may be known on earth. I'm going to add in your neighborhood, in your family, at your church, at your job, at your kid's school, at your school, and God's salvation among all nations. Amen.